We are on the air, folks. Here we go. Thank you for joining in for a special Halloween version of the Unqualified Therapist. Hello, hello. Ooh, we don't like that. Why do I do that? <laughs> it's ingrained in my brain. It is. Ooh, it is. yuck. Just hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to our, this is our first live, I believe, on Podbean, like, that people knew about. Right. We went live. We did. But this is, like, where we're letting people know. Exactly. So here we are, and it's Good dark, <laughs> and it's spooky in here. Yeah. We've got all the lighting. And we are so excited to hang out with you for an hour or so and chat about some spooky things and some ghosts. So we are going to tell you some stories. We have our special guest jumping on and she's our, you know, official ghost hunter friend. I mean, who has a ghost hunter friend? We We do. do. That's so fucking cool. (laughs) You wish you were as cool as we are because you don't have a ghost hunter friend. Or maybe you do. And they're amazing too. Yes. So, you know, we do talk a lot about Sarah's dad messing with our tech, and he seems to do it mostly when we are uh, talking about ghosts. Yeah, I know. It's fascinating, I think. It is. Because I also think, to be honest, yeah. that I might have more, I, I might have a ghost attached to me that's that could not be. I was thinking, like, maybe he did decide, like, to listen to you and he went away, and now maybe there's some other thing. But I do. We I, need to stage this room. I know. Well, I think I just need, it's me. We can just sage you. Sage I'm just going to like go like this and just sage the shit out of you, okay? <laughs> but I do. I think I've had a ghost attached to me for quite a while and I and I think it's somebody I don't know because No, that's that's not cool. Yeah. I mean, it could be though. I mean, there's nothing No, I don't bad like it. Happened. I don't like it one bit. I just want to get rid of it. <laughs> Only because I've just done all this research on ghosts tonight and I am If you're about on our done. Patreon, it's blurry though. Take a look because you can see our new sign that we got. I don't know. Tell me, can you see it or is it blurry? I mean, how freaking rad is that? Though? It's super rad. So let's check back out of Podbean because Rochelle wants to know she's on. All right, let's take a look. Ooh, baby. We are so excited. We've got a live listener. We- Hi. Yay. Yes. All right, Rochelle, I don't see you yet in here as a host, so we're going to hang out and wait mm-hmm. um, for that to happen. And and while we wait for that, let's give you just a little bit of insight on what we're going to be talking about tonight. Yes. So Amy and I both went to haunted colleges. Yes. And um, Amy's is a pretty well-known haunted college. It's on all the lists. I- mm-hmm. What? What? No, I just wanted to say it was on all the lists. Oh man, I took that from you. No, no, it's just that like Sarah gets a little bit I'm sad a little about, salty it. about it. Salty would be a good word. I'm a little salty about it. Yeah, because I I thought that my school was like this this well known haunted haunt. Yeah, but it's not well known. 
but there are lots of ghost stories and things attached to it. So we're going to, we're going to share our stories and talk about our, so we're going to talk about our stories from our college days. Yeah. And then we also have some other personal stories um, of real life happenings with our family members, which we talk about <laughs> often on here. Yeah. Um, who have decided to come and share with us their presence. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, we have had some encounters and some of them have been scary. Some of them have been not so scary. Uh, yeah. It just depends. And so I never knew anything about Ohio University being haunted. Uh, prior to going there, mm-hmm. while I was there, I just happened to be a uh, pre-college advisor. And one of the people who was our boss was like, hey, Fox um, family's coming. Who wants to be on camera and go through and do this haunting like tour? And of course, Amy said, I do. I do. Yeah. So I said, why not? And then the best part is, is that I didn't even have to ask. They're like, you'll be the one that's miked. <laughs> Little did they know that you didn't need you have the volume. Oh my gosh, I mic. screamed so much. <laughs> it w- it was that spooky. Yeah, but that's that's good. Yeah, but I kept yelling at them and I they cut it out obviously. I was like, "It's your producers." <laughs> <laughs> You're faking it, fakers. You're faking it, fakers. This is all for the TV. Well, jokes on you, girlfriend, because all of the lists say that Ohio University. Yeah, so when I did the research today, which I think it's so weird that I never actually looked into it. How many years later is it? And uh it's it's pretty legit. <laughs> pretty legit. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Maybe they weren't playing tricks on me, Fox producers. No, I guess not. Well, we see her? We don't. No, we don't. So do we want to do we want to jump into Why don't you jump in and I'm going to chat with her on here and see if I can grab her. Okay. So I'm going to start to tell you about my school, which is Bethany College. It's in Bethany, West Virginia. Bethany is almost 180 years old. It was established in 1840 by Alexander Campbell. It's been associated with the Disciples of Christ Church since its inception, which makes it a little creepy on its own. They're actually building a whole center, and it's going to be the Disciples of Christ um like historical center oh, coming up. That is very creepy. So I'm going to pause real quick. She said she yeah. can hear us. Yeah. Yeah. She can hear us. She's in as a listener, oh. but she needs to go to her email and join in as a host. Okay. Yes. So Rochelle, check your email. Oh, she said she did that. She oh. can hear us and she's typing back at me. Oh no. Maybe we'll just have her call in. Okay. Um, also, we want to, I'm just going to hit invite as a speaker again. Um, we also encourage you to call in if you yeah. have your own ghost stories. We'd love to hear them. Or you can put Spooky them in the chat encounters. if you're on the podcast or Podbean. On Podbean, mm-hmm. check them out um, or go ahead and, and enter in some stories in the chat if you'd like. But tonight is about all things spooky. How does she call in? So um on the app, if you want to call in, there mm-hmm. is just yeah. a button right there that you just hit. You have to have an account with Podbean to be able to do that. So you're just going to hit call in um, and we'll get a little alert here. Um, we have them allowed, so we don't have okay. any callers at the moment, but okay, I'll keep looking. All right. Go for it, girl. All right. So Bethany College in Bethany, West Virginia uh, was established in 1840. And 
If you haven't seen it, which I'm sure you haven't, because it's a very, very small school. When I was going there, the entire population of Bethany was 720 students. I think right now the population is 555. So it is um, not a large school by any means. It is a small private establishment. The Gothic architecture features an open-air brick hallway. There's a chapel dripping in stained glass and a tri-entry wrought iron gate set in the front of a sprawling building featuring its own clock tower. It certainly looks spooky on any given day, and in over its, its over 180-year history, Bethany College has gathered its fair share of ghostly tales. I myself have witnessed some of the out-of-the-ordinary happenings, and so have many of my friends. So I reached out to my friends and said, Share your stories with me. <laughs> so I got a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just short little ditties, but they're fun as well. So um, Megan C., she married her college sweetheart, who was a Sigma Nu, which is a fraternity that's set just off campus. She spent many a night in this reportedly haunted house that sits right off campus and has had once been a church. So this is from Megan. One day I saw a man walking by the stairs when I know that no one was else there. No one, I know that there was no one else there. Um, another time I was in the library where there was a sudden circular wind that took over the room. It was really weird. One of the other guys who lived there walked into the living room one day where a full on early 1900s church service was taking place. What? Confused. What? He walked what? out of the room, walked back in. Only for it to be back in its current day, beer-smelling living room. Um, this one's from Angela C. I was once walking home from Bubba's Bar alone, and the glowing orbs that sit above the matriculation gates lifted from their posts and swirled in the sky. Hmm. Another time, these same globes turned into jolly faces and giggled as I walked by. Creepy. But remember, these were trips home from the bar, so take the stories for what they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we saw orbs in New Orleans too. We did see orbs in mm-hmm. New Orleans. I got some on picture. Yes. On picture? On pic on, on the picture on camera. On the picture camera. <laughs> the soul trapper. <laughs> She's on now. <laughs> so those are just a couple of short ones. And now it seems we have Rochelle. She is connected. Woo-hoo! Hello, hey. our friends. Can you hear me? How are you? Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. Yes. Hi. Great. Can our listeners let us know? Can you hear Rochelle? Can you guys hear me okay? We can hear you just fine. Okay, perfect. Yes. You, you could go a little louder. Yeah, if you in can. That teacher voice. Use okay, your teacher I will voice. Try. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Our listeners can hear you too, so that is phenomenal. Oh, great. So, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we want to welcome Rochelle Versamina. She is. Our, we like to call her our personal, our personal ghost hunter, professional <laughs> qualified yes. ghost hunter, ghost hunter yes. and friend, and, and friend. friend, of course, friends. Duh. We just we're just building up our um, our resume, our resume, yes. <laughs> so so Mank can be like impressed with us, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited yes, so, to be back on. We ha- yes, we had Rochelle on. Um, I can't you know, remember which episode it was. It was still closet days. It was still closet. We were still in my closet recording. Yeah, that um, was towards the beginning. It was. Yeah, towards and we the had beginning. all sorts of issues that night. We did. The ghosts decided to take over. Wow. So I'm glad we got set up before we got you on. 
Yeah, <laughs> I do sort of. Think it's your dad, huh? I do. I do. <laughs> I'm not positive though. We'll we'll have to do some research and see. But Rochelle, is this an active time for you or what? Yeah, I think every time it gets close to Halloween, it's always spookier in general. But everybody gets so excited about it that there's definitely more energy put into it. I think. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, so like I didn't really think about that. I didn't like either, so the energy gets all crackly and electric. And yeah, there's a yeah. lot more, more people are it. thinking about it. Definitely, more people are invested in it and want to be involved. And it's a time where people want to get scared. So <laughs> yes, <a> more energy. <laughs> well, this is definitely one of those times for us. I don't want to be scared. Let's let's I not get it twisted, okay? Oh, I do. <laughs> I want you to be scared. Oh yes. man. Yes, Rochelle. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we're so glad to have you back on here. And, um, I think that, you know, the last time you told us some pretty freaking terrifying stories. They're pretty wild. Yeah. They're pretty wild. Um, I so did, since I then, so many more. It's so oh, yes, I was just going to say, oh, have you had any? Have, so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, let's I'm dive in. Yeah. Your stories too. Ours are probably not going to be. They're as probably not as good. Good, oh, but yeah. yeah. No, I think they will be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to maybe give us one of yours, and then we'll jump into ours, and then we'll come back, and you can tell us more. Sure. Okay. Okay. So I did tell you last time about one of my scariest moments that I screamed yes. about, but I have another moment that really I've never experienced anything like that before. So this one kind of made me feel like, you know, you know, the scary eye emoji where you're yes. like looking with your eyes wide open. This happened yes. during this moment. Yes. So I'll give you a little history about the location. Okay. It was a private residence that we went to, to investigate oh my team and I. And this residence. Is it local to Pittsburgh in, or was it outside? It was in St. Clairsville, Ohio. Okay. God, listen to me. Ohio is so it's freaking creepy. creepy. Like Ohio, so, many so much places, so much that are haunted. It's oh crazy my gosh. There, I agree. So right. this man reached out to us because he was experiencing a ton of paranormal activity in his house and on his property, and so the house it it had a nice chunk of property that it sat on. And it, it's very historical in that area with, um, like, the, the Native Americans and the French and Indian War and just a lot of things that happened in that area. So he sort of became obsessed with the activity, and he would set up these um, trail cams and cameras in his house and on his property to try to catch evidence of his paranormal activity oh that gosh. he was experiencing. So Ooh. what piqued our interest right away was some of these pictures he was capturing. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I wish I could show you. I'll have to share it with you. But um, if you know we what trail cam is, basically the camera registers movement and then it'll snap series of pictures. So okay. the camera doesn't turn on unless something walks in front of it. Right. 
So he captured this picture out in front in his front yard by a bush of this creature that it looked to me like it was very very tall. It would have been taller than a human than a normal human being. So oh, I would say it was probably like eight feet tall. Yikes! What is that thing that called that that? Like legend. Oh, like made me Slender think Man. Slender Man. Slender Man. Yes. It oh, didn't look God. like Slender Man though. It, okay. Me, it looked like a Hitler elf. But yet eight feet tall. Mustache, but it had pointy ears. Oh. It had um, eyes that you know how like sometimes in the camera animal eyes glow a little bit. His yep. eyes. It, it looked like a man. His eyes were almost glowing. But he towered over the bush. So uh, it's so scary. I I can't explain it without showing you. So I'm going to have to send you this picture. Yes, please do. But that immediately intrigued us. And we wanted to go there to see what is going on at this place. Because he also caught another picture in the back of the house of a little girl running across the trail cam. And there wouldn't have been any kids on his property at all. So we so, went to investigate. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of enough to get you out there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if you're not immediately intrigued by that as a paranormal investigator, then I don't know. Yeah. Would intrigue yeah, you. for sure. And so we actually went and investigated two times. And both times we caught really phenomenal activity. But the second time we were there, we were there with the owner of the house and his girlfriend. And um, to, to make a long story short... Can I, I just there- do stop you real quick? Listen, if yeah, sure. that was me and I was that girlfriend, I would have like jettisoned. I don't care how amazing <laughs> you are. We're staying at my place like constantly. Like I do not care if you're like the perfect man because peace out. It's our crowd. And I would have been the opposite. I would have been like, I need to get all <laughs> kinds of equipment and <laughs> okay. baggage you don't want to deal with. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, she's very, she's very much dedicated to him. Then, <laughs> very dedicated, committed. Yeah, and so she actually wasn't there the first time we investigated, but she came the second time, and I think that location there's different spirits inside the house than what are outside of the house on the property. Ooh, wow. So I think that's freaky. It is because when you, when people think about a house, they think, Oh, well nobody died in that house, but, but it's not necessarily the house. It could be the property too. So when, and when we were there investigating the first time we went outside onto the property and we went into the woods a little bit and we had a spirit box running and it, 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 it was native land there. So we asked what tribe they were and it came mm. through crystal clear on the spirit box. It said Iroquois. Oh, wow. wow. Which was amazing. And while we were out there, we heard the loudest growl. <laughs> we were even doing a little ceremony standing in a circle and I was kind of like doing 
my little native thing, you know, and it, it almost sounded like a hiss growl. It was so loud. We all turned and looked from the direction it was coming from, which was maybe like 20 feet from us. I just got full body shivers. <laughs> it was so loud. Did it, did it feel angry? Like pissed off? Um, not really to me. It, it okay. just kind of wanted us to know that it was there, I think. All right, awesome. <laughs> and, and it sure did. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But the second time that we were investigating there really made me... I, I can't even speak into words how I was feeling aside from that scared eye emoji. That's all I can, can say that was my face. <laughs> wide-eyed and terrified? Yeah, wide-eyed emoji. <clears throat> So the second time we were there, his girlfriend came and um, his wife had passed away. And I think, long story short, maybe there might have been a little bit of animosity towards her, his new girlfriend. From the spirit. Don't know world. nothing about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds a little sounds a little bit close to home on the nose. <laughs> Hey, life after death doesn't really stop sometimes. So yes, yeah. From what we experienced, but um, we were all sitting in his living room, and we were getting really clear reactions and responses on our spirit box. And at that exact moment that we were sitting there, we felt the coldest breeze blow down through the living room. And it hit all of us in a row. And it was so oh cold. And it was thick. Almost like fog, but without the fog. It was so oh. cold. Wow. It, it blew in to the room. And you could feel it. And you could feel that something was there. And I was sitting on the couch next to his girlfriend. And so... We felt that immediately. And right when we felt it, I looked over at his girlfriend and she was holding the back of her head. <gasps> and <laughs> she was like, I think I'm going to be sick. Oh my gosh. So she ran to the bathroom and got sick. Oh my gosh. Because of what came through that house. And wow. I, I have the full part body that really got me was on the spirit box. It said her name, <gasps> and it had said basically some not nice words towards her. Ooh! And then it said hurt her <gasps> with her name in that. That's house. what I mean, girlfriend. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Run. Okay, so maybe in that circumstance, I wouldn't be all about camping out. In the oh my gosh. Area. And, and every time she, the history too, every time she goes there, you talk about baggage and being dedicated. Every time she goes to that house, she would get a really bad headache, just like oh what gosh. happened when we were sitting there. And she was okay for a while. And as soon as that air came through and we were getting that communication, that happened to her. And I have never experienced anything like that. Wow. Uh, somebody physically getting so sick from it and almost feeling right. it come into the room 
and then it talking in real time it talking about hurting her and after that no. we kind of put us kind of stepped in and said that she should probably go home and step away from it and yeah were you able to ask any questions to the spirit box to see if you could get like a what's the deal here yeah we did actually and i was shocked that whole conversation that we were having in that living room how much it was saying like um her name specifically and basically saying um what it was doing to her by hurting her and like um, what did it say it was doing so um, i actually have a book i'm looking at it right now (laughs) and everything that we hear on the spirit box i write on there and oh wow on that i'm looking it said um it it called it called him an asshole. <laughs> oh my! Wow! Oh, she's mad. His other woman. It said his other woman. Oh, she's. So pissed. sometimes it comes through as like um, phrases, a sentence, or bits yeah. and pieces of responses. It talked about suffocating her. <laughs> Holy shit! It's really upsetting. Talking about. Um, doing research on the family that they thought was there it kept telling him you gotta stop you gotta stop and then it so this um, wasn't just her so there was was like an other ghost with her i think it was a combination of them not liking how much he was trying to mess with things and figure out and find and get to the bottom of it and i don't i think that's one part of the spirits there and I think another part of the spirits didn't like her there yeah so I think they were like a twofold thing yeah yes and then um it also said get out I don't like and then I it had her name oh my god and and we have recordings of all of this and that was real time as that thing was coming in and she got sick immediately after cool. all of those things were said. And another I'm speechless thing said too, which is crazy, is we asked if the spirits are were our friends that night, and it said, "I'm not spirit." What? What does I'm that not mean? Spirit. So I don't know if there was. Is a that darker... like a demon? Maybe. I don't know if that was the case, but I definitely think it had the... It obviously had the capability of making somebody physically ill. Okay, I have so many questions. Oh my gosh, that is just so weird. So... Now imagine being there, witnessing this all, and feeling everything, and seeing this happen, and hearing them saying that they're doing it on the spirit box it was it blew my mind <laughs> so Rochelle someone from your um, society from the Steel City Paranormal Society is listening in and is contributing into the conversation Ooh. as well as you tell us the story which is very cool um, I can't tell who it is because they're signed in under the, the Paranormal Society um, but they did say that oh, so <clears throat> they did oh it's Jim, oh. Jim. hi Jim hi Jim uh, 
he said is the founder one of the founders jim and his wife danielle found steel city paranormal society and they were there that night (laughs) yes that's what he said he said it was a very weird and interesting night for us there and he also wanted me to tell you that someone died right by the house in a car wreck Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. So I'm so wondering if right that's the spirits the outside. His driveway. Somebody passed away right at that location from a car accident. Oh, wow. So I do think that we are picking up on some of that spirit as well. Good point, Jim. <laughs> so this tall, eight foot Hitler looking. <laughs> fellow i forgot about him and the growl my gosh there's too much at this property but what i'm hoping is that we can encompass all of that into one thing like is the tall guy the growler and the the dark spirit or the dark non-spirit so that it's not too much you know it's a little easier to digest that way (laughs) i don't think i don't know if you would see the picture you would totally say that that's the dark spirit but yeah I don't know. I do kind of feel that there was some poltergeist activity too because of how open he was at that house and how much he wanted to capture it and how much energy he was putting into that house. Mm. Yeah. So all of his we cameras. actually set up our equipment and left the location and went to get food. So nobody was in the house for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And I have about four pages long of things that happened. What? That heard during that time that nobody, no pets, nothing was in that house. Our equipment was going off. There was so many knocks and noises and things like that. So I honestly do think that house is a combination of um, his energy, her energy, his previous wife's energy the the land's energy the the car accident happening where that so, hitler elf fits in i don't know but where when picture i can't wait to see that picture when you listen back to that hour long um is it the spirit box the spirit box was it yes. just noises or were there actual words um, there was a couple words. There was a couple EVPs. That's what we call EVPs, where it catches an electronic voice phenomenon. And so there was some. I couldn't quite make it out exactly what it was saying, but it was a combination of our equipment going off, hearing movement, and also hearing okay. voices. Yeah, because I remember some other stories you told us about just being able to catch movement on there and hear footsteps and things. I don't believe that you told us anything to this, to this degree. <laughs> well, yeah. she did have that scary encounter where there was like the scratching and then oh, like yeah. something was crawling at her. Yes. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was- I'll never forget that. Like that is so stuck in my brain, that story. Yeah. I, I won't ever, ever forget hearing it and feeling it run under us. Oh, God. Oh. Like, I can never get that out of my mind. And Jim actually was downstairs <laughs> when that happened. So he heard mm. everybody screaming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So that, uh, that was the only time I ever screamed that story. And then 
the one I just told you about the woman getting sick, that was the first time I ever witnessed somebody getting that physically ill. So there was a lot of first times for me at some of these investigations. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Amy, can you please read to her what Jim just typed into the chat room? <laughs> I think they also had cross buried. Crosses in- buried. Oh, crosses oh, buried in each corner of the house. What? Yeah, I need you. <laughs> yes. I completely forgot about that. But was it, would that be to protect them? Yeah, they were buried underground on all four corners. <laughs> it's house. okay, Jim. Like, I think the north, south, east, and west corner of the house. For protection or for what reason? based off of some of the things that they left in the house. Like, they left crucifixes and things like that in the house. for The him. previous owners. The previous owners, yes. So, um, doing some research, there's really only... I'm, I might be wrong. People can comment or whatever. But I think people would either bury them to get rid of them or bury them for protection. Like, like to dispose of them or to protect. And the fact that it was in all four corners, north, south, east, and west, made us to believe that it was for protection. That's what I thought immediately, that it would have been for for protection. It clearly didn't work. Yeah. To Um, me, a buried cross feels like almost the opposite like it would no, have the opposite no because effect. like if you want a house to sell you bury uh, a certain like saint upside down in front of your yard Yikes. like that's like just catholic stuff and um, Jim maybe Jim can comment but I do feel like they left a crucifix in the house and told I can't remember if they told him to leave it there or that he would need it or something I can't remember but I have a I have a quick question they wanted to leave those when you when when they got when you got the clear messages in real time about the girlfriend, was it through the box just like you get the other messages? Um, yes. So we have what we usually have. Sometimes we have a spirit box running, and so it's a device that uses radio frequencies, and it it goes through radio frequencies really fast. And yeah. It almost has like a word bank that they. The spirits can right. manipulate for what they want it to say. And we use a little bit more of a high-tech ones that are more, um, I guess, more non-biased. So right. that's the way that the spirits were coming through in that moment. But we also run a recorder and had them also coming through on the recorder okay. as EVPs. So we were hearing both ways, through the box in real time, and then when I listened back to the the recording, I also heard it responding through the EVPs as well. Boy, boy. That, that, when did that, when was that, Rochelle? This was, um, like, I think two years ago, maybe. Wow, that is a wild story. He does not live there anymore. Well, he, well, I that's... Mean, he sold the house and left, I think, because of basically it making her, his girlfriend, so ill. 
and just because of all of the activity going on. And he, he had caught so many, we sat there and he showed us so many pictures and videos of evidence that he caught. Wow. Yeah. So when, a, when there's a ghost like that, that is a, a past relationship. So that was his wife who had, had passed on. Yes. Is moving going to do any good? Well, <laughs> that's a good question that you asked because me and my team, we talked about this is, is moving exactly what you said. If he moves, is it going to go with him? Is it really attached to the house or is that going to be something that he carries on? Cause talking about poltergeist activity, that really is going to follow the person that is <laughs> out that much energy for them to be able to use that energy to move stuff around in the house. Right. So, so I'm not sure if his new location has paranormal activity, but yeah, I'm I'd be interested to know. Me too, but I would not be surprised if it does. Hmm. I would think it does just because of the relationship between the spirits and him and also how much energy he was putting out but I do feel that the new people that came into that house are probably still going to experience something just because the land had so much history yeah had spirits on the land as well I wonder how aware they are of all of the activity that's there I would love to talk to them I wish I could yeah that would be it's so not interesting. Like you have to disclose that there are ghosts there. You have, <laughs> it's not you, like the plumbing, right? Yeah. Or, you do or, or, or that somebody died there. You know, there. You know it's right. You, you, only, have you only have to disclose if there was like a death in the house right. in the past few years, right? Something yeah. like that. Something like that. Yes. But oh, and man. I only know this because my dad purchased a house in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and somebody had previously died by suicide in the house Mm. and they didn't have to disclose anything on that information because it had been um i don't even know if there is like so many years that they have to disclose it i don't think they do honestly Mm. i don't even think you have to disclose the death no at all. i was just you know where i'm getting my information from is a very reputable source of american horror story which is a tv show which is completely fictional um very reputable where they talk about the murder house in la yeah yeah uh so yeah that's no, all i'm pretty sure that they don't have to disclose as long as there was no crime involved i see because I mean, my father passed away, and my mom's in the house that my right. mom currently lives in, right? The house that I grew up in, and so I was just wondering, like, I wonder if she would have to disclose that he he died in the house. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, doesn't matter. He's over here with us, anyways. <laughs> Jim <laughs> messing said, with your technology. <laughs> Jim said, "I doubt it." It's Ohio. We don't even have car inspections. <laughs> <laughs> He is very correct. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Anything there. No, I That's guess why not. So many haunted locations. I yeah, I suppose so. I mean, and there's a lot of native land there too, isn't there, Rochelle? Yeah. Yes. Um, there is a ton and so many places we go to in Ohio especially has huge involvement with um, Native Americans and also huge involvement with the Underground Railroad. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. We actually investigated a place in Trinway, Ohio, that was a huge location on the Underground Railroad. Wow, so, I've never even heard of Trinway, Ohio. Me neither, until I went there. <laughs> God, Ohio. <laughs> There's a lot in Ohio, definitely. So. Yeah. Well, I think we should stick in Ohio for a second here and have Amy give us a little bit of some background on Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Yeah, right. I so I was going to say it has to do with native lands as well. Hmm. Uh, really quick, though, before you dive into that, Rochelle, can you give us a little bit of a personal background, too, so that people know your connection oh, yeah. and your knowledge sure. um, and where you're coming from in the paranormal society? Yes. So my grandma was from Mexico. She was born and raised in Me Mexico. And so we have native blood through my grandma's side of the family. Um, Aztec Nation with... Um, doing research it's the coca people and the tequeja people of mexico so i like to use my own native beliefs and spirituality and ceremonies in these investigations that we know are reported native land and i always do it with um, respect and love but Oftentimes, we'll have little ceremonies and reach out to Native spirits and try to communicate with them to hear their side of things. Uh, a lot of locations, they kind of say, uh, people like to say, oh, they're Native Americans without really fully knowing. So we kind of approach that from experience being Native and having that little aspect to our group. Very cool. That's, that's really amazing to have that mm -hmm. perspective and that expertise. Yeah, because I do kind of feel like people throw that around. Right. They do. You know, yeah. well, it's, it's definitely native lands. Mm -hmm. Again, this is native land. Exactly. <laughs> it's all native land. It all belongs to. <laughs> but, but we always say anything by water, if you're ever by water, it is for sure native land. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, all right. I'm Here excited to hear your story. I not know. even close, Rochelle. Not even oh, close. It's going to be good. It's going to be um, good. So as I said before, I did not realize or recognize that Ohio University had so much paranormal, ghostly, spooky type activity until I was a junior and I was doing pre-college, which means I was there in the summer and I was, um, you know, getting freshman oriented with the college mm -hmm. and helping them sign up for classes and all of those sorts of things. And so someone said, Hey, you know, Fox family is coming to record. And I was like, all right, why not? <laughs> so I looked it up today under collegeexpress.com and Ohio university. Now listen, it's different for every list, but for that one and a few others, it is number one, most haunted college campus. And some people say it's one of the most haunted places in the world. The place that I have two places to talk about on campus specifically, the place where my experience was, was in Wilson Hall. So um, according to these articles that I read, you know, I'm very skeptical of things. As I said earlier, when I yelled at the producer that they were making things happen. <laughs> so um, I, it's said to be one of the most haunted buildings in the United States. It was built in um, 1964. It's on the West Green 
of Ohio University. And all of this kind of wraps around room 428. So room 428, that's a dorm room. It's sealed to students as the university deemed it to be in and inhabitable. That is the only time a university has ever done that. Wow. Ever. Wow. So because, the, because of paranormal activity. Because of paranormal activity. So it's closed I've, off. I've like part of it became like kind of a boiler room and then part of it just locked off and sealed. So I'm in 1970. They care so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know, you can only have so many deaths in there before. <laughs> before you got to do something. I can't even imagine like being in that, even living in that hall at all. Let alone, I mean, who cares if it's the room? I don't know. Anyways, this was my only time. So Ohio University has different greens and very few times was I ever on West Green just because it's, I believe that was where, um, the sports teams usually stayed. It was sports matches. It was close to that, the, <laughs> the stadium and things of that nature. So I didn't really, I wasn't over there often, but I did go over there for this experience. In the 1970s, there was a gentleman, a student staying in the room and he died. So that's the first thing that happens. And then, um, a woman moves in and do we know how he died. We do not know how he died. No, Mm-mm. but this woman moved in and this is kind of interesting to me because of, uh, Mike was showing me some stuff on TikTok about astral projection. Mm-hmm. And interesting. it is very interesting. And I found it to be interesting until I read this. Never going to fuck with that. Oh, All right. <laughs> so she was practicing astral projection and harnessing the room's energy to attempt to allow her. So if you don't know what that is, your soul leaves your body and you go somewhere else, but your body is laying there like mm-hmm. without a soul. Right. So you're like doing other things and like How all over the place. Scary. Yeah. You can look right. Over, look at your body. laying. Yes. You can look at your body. So ever since she did that, she was really like uh, tormented and troubled and she died by uh, suicide by cutting her wrists mm. right afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Now I told Mike, I'd give him props for this because he made such an amazing connection. I don't know how many people have seen the Netflix show behind her eyes, No. but it's where like basically something similar to that astral projection, but they switch souls. Ooh. Right? So I was wondering, and this is nothing I've read online, I was just thinking, like, what if her soul was just laying there and then whatever the bad spirits were took her over her, right? And then she that's why she died. Or why she killed herself or died by suicide. Another connection is the movie Insidious. Oh, I don't know that one. Remember that movie? I haven't seen it and I I just think we should have just a day long during the day, during the day, a like you have to st- a hard stop at like five fifteen p.m. before what it starts dark. to get dark. Right. Oh, Rochelle. oh, Rochelle, we I, I we feel too nightmares. much and see too much and know too much. I don't like it. So, okay. <laughs> so check out I, though. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I will. I will. It's actually been on my list, so I definitely sort of will. Like that, except. Instead of something going into his body, his soul is stuck in the in-between world. Ooh. Oh, boy. That's, that's, it's, that's scary. 
Oh boy. So at that, after she died, then things started like coming off shelves and shattering into walls and moving. And I mean, just doors opening and slamming, like everything that you could think of, no matter who moved in there. Now, I did not read this on any of the articles, but I do remember them telling me this in the tour that there was like blood stains that used to come through no matter how many times they painted the wall. I remember seeing that on your, on the show. Yes. So take that for what it is. I don't know. But I will tell you the one thing that is absolutely fucking true is the face of the devil in the door. Okay. So I saw that and it's in the wood grain. Now, what I didn't know when I was there at the chills right now is that the university replaced the door multiple times. Mm. Wow. So it is still not the same door, not the same door. So they keep replacing it. The devil comes in the wood grain. I have chills. So I, at that point, is a very important, embarrassing moment in the video of me where I scream like a little girl and grab onto some boy and I just flip out. Because seriously, it really, like, it. it's one of those things, like, you know, those um, posters you look at and then the, it comes mm-hmm. at you. Honest mm-hmm. to goodness, like, you can see it on the video in the camera. Like, you can see the devil. And that... 100% was legit real. Now, this is on a locked door that nobody can get into, but next door is the boiler room. So we did go into there, and they had had a medium or someone of that nature, like, before us said that she felt the spirits, that they were in there. So I don't know. But I walked in, and I am I, I don't know. Like, I like that's when I freaked out and said that it was a producer because uh, a wood panel that we were, like, standing, like, on like like it just like like hit it like you know what I mean like it just like it moved, moved and it and it made a sound wow. and then to the right of me I remember walking and being like oh my god it was freezing cold mm-hmm. and those are the kind of things you can't really fake no. so no. you when you can feel it it's like a pocket of cold air that's what it was it was a pocket of cold air and it freaked me out and I screamed get me out of here now <laughs> so we left and I learned some other things that um you know it's part it adds to the the you know depth of the ghost story I suppose I kind of roll my eyes a little bit because you know who knows but it it Wilson Hall is at the center of the Athens cemeteries there's five of them and they are in the shape of a pentagram why and in the dead center of those of those cemeteries is Wilson Hall. And then, of course, they added in. It's why? probably true, but it's built on Indian burial ground. Why that would you make? Crazy. Why would you make a pentagram? I had pentagram no idea. Out of graves, I don't know. So there's five big cemeteries, and like I said, pentagram in the middle Wilson Hall. There's a whole book like that's been written about it. I wonder so, if they did that on purpose, knowing what it would do, or just didn't know what would happen, but they wanted to see what would happen anyways. Ugh. Either really, way, I don't know, because I feel like that would have to be awful. planned. It, it has to be planned. Would. You can't accidentally make a pentagram. I mean, I do think coincidences happen sometimes, but that many coincidences, like that many doors that they replaced. Or I know. It just seems I know. like way too many coincidences. So, and, and with the cemeteries, this is my second part of my story, is that um, there was also an asylum next to 
the university. <laughs> Sarah's just shaking wow. her head. Okay. So I did a little bit more research. I learned a lot about this asylum, which is fascinating for me in a mental health standpoint, as well as a ghost standpoint. Right. Um, this, listen to this, listen to this. 1874, it was opened. Guess when it closed? Um, 1993. What? I didn't wow. even know asylums. 93. Like, as- asylums. They tried to change the name to like a mental health like center. <laughs> so we it was a fucking asylum. a lot of asylums and they all tend to kind of be that way. And um, I have a similar story that if we have time or I could tell another day, but... I can't wait to hear this because sometimes asylums, like you said, the mental health, it's crazy what used to happen there. It is crazy. And I did a little bit of background with not the ghostly part, but like understanding what it meant to be an institution in the 1874, Mm. 1874, 1875, 1876. Okay. The first three years it was open. Here is why people were sent to the institution. Epilepsy. Uh, they felt that they were what? Yeah, because they thought the demons were like possessing, taking, possessing them. them. Yeah. Oh, are you ready for it? Menopause. Get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. Alcohol addiction and tuberculosis. Uh, Was tuberculosis just like their own way of like let's let's quarantine well, these they people? They did have a cottage or something that was for the tuberculosis tuberculosis patients. So there was part of it that was like this is an un you know seemingly like a, a an illness that nobody wants to deal with sort right, of a thing almost like a quarantined area yeah. yeah so again it's like showing you they're throwing these people away yeah like let's quarantine them with these other people that and then maybe we can like just kill off this whole like species i if you ready, you ready for the next one angry back then oh he could drop yeah you off and say that yeah wait that, yep so wait a second wait a second the second biggest reason was Postpartum depression, they call that hysteria. Yep. Mm-hmm. That does not surprise me. No. Then the wife could get you back and it got 85 men back by, let me see if I can read this word and then I'll tell you what it actually means. Intern parents and, inter, intern parents and dissipation. It means masturbation. Get the fuck. <laughs> So the wife was like, fuck you, I'm not hysterical. I'm not hysterical. You're going in there because you're touching yourself too much. Oh, my God. So, um, okay. So it housed hundreds of patients. It was only supposed to house like 200 and some, but it housed 572 because they could squish them in. Why not? Why not? Which caused a lot of drama and fighting and then extra like issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, The big thing that people like to talk about with – is it good or not? It is really good. Sorry. I had to look and see what wine I was drinking because it is so delicious. Okay. Well, I'm very excited to have that next. <laughs> I hope you're having a beverage, Rochelle. Yes. I I hope everybody who's listening with us is having a beverage. Everybody needs to join in on the beverages. Oh, they just left. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> you could have, it could be a milkshake. It doesn't have I mean, to it be could wine. Be coffee or tea. Who knows what I would say. What's <laughs> so Okay. So the big thing that people like to talk about is the lobotomies. Oh, yeah. And electroshock therapy. Hmm? Did you watch Ratchet? I couldn't. Oh, you got to watch it. It's so I good. get really like, I can't. I don't know. Maybe Sarah I'll Paulson try again. is the best creepy character there is. It's a little, it's real creepy. So in, if you go on to watch this horrendous Fox Family episode, the case that they talk about is Margaret Schilling. 
And I guess I want to say that, like, there is an article about how we lose humanity. Like, this Margaret Schilling had, like, you know, all these people that we talk about. They had families. They had, you know, like, we, we kind of put them into this, like, just this ghost story of this creepy woman who's staring at you in a window of the attic of the asylum. Um, but this is the story that everyone knows. She passed away in an upstairs attic in 1979. It was closed off. Like, you weren't even supposed to be up there. But, of course, with, I don't know why, overcrowding and you didn't know, whatever, no one even knew she was missing. So they did not find the body for 42 days. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. That's so long. Yes. So long. And her clothes were folded up neatly next to her in piles and she was laying there naked on the floor mm. um when they removed the body and no matter how many times they cleaned the room the stain of her body and the outline of her hair and all of that is still there like it's there today if you wanted to go wow. see it wow so that is something that you know is always talked about when they talk about the ridges it's called the ridges um or athens lunatic asylum or Kirk, Gotta love that Kirkbride Plan Mental Hospital. I mean, it's changed into a million different, different names. I um, love the use of the word lunatic in there, though. Lunatic yeah. <laughs> in the cemetery, which I'm assuming, and don't quote me because I'm not sure, is one of the five cemeteries. Hmm. Unmarked graves, Mm-mm. 1,930 people. Holy shit, that's a lot of unmarked graves. A that lot of people. Something bound so, to happen from that. So there's a lot, there's a lot of shit happening there yeah, at, uh, OU. Like um, yeah. So that's my story. That really hear something. makes me want to go there. <laughs> I really <laughs> think you would see some things and hear some things. You should take me with you. Maybe not really. I don't know. I'll go. <laughs> I'm in. We're going, ladies. We're going. I'm so in. Field trip. Okay, what do you want to tell me? You want to hear something really creepy about unmarked graves? Not really. That so my scary topic. <laughs> yeah, my brother and my father are buried next to each other, and my father purchased. Four, oh, you have an unmarked grave. Four lots. So there's two lots for my mother and I that, of course, are empty right now. Oh yeah. And then there are two lots for my father and my brother. And my brother has this huge, and I'll post a picture on our Instagram so you can see it, but this huge, beautiful stone on his grave. Um, my br- brother was a drummer, so my dad had like designed this gorgeous, it looks like a huge black granite drum. Yeah. Um, and there's this inscripted poem on the back that my grandfather wrote, and there's this etched drawing of my brother on the front of it, and it's our last wow. name, and it's just beautiful. this really beautiful monument. And next to him is my father in an unmarked grave. Why? I think it's a grief thing of my mom's. Okay. I yeah. don't think she that just she... hasn't done it yet. And we say yet, I mean, she might not. He's been gone since 2002. Yeah. Since 2002. Yeah. We're coming up on 20 years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is, November 4th will be 19 years that he's been gone and he still has no marking on his grave. And I kind of like, I forgot about it because I don't go to the graveyard often because in my perspective and in my, like, they're not there. You sure. know, yeah, I don't. That's really, a place to yeah. just remember and to go and to pay respect. But I feel like you could do that at a park. You can do that anywhere. And I <laughs> yeah, talk to my dad all the time, and 
you know, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to go to the graveyard to go talk to my, to my family. Right. Um, but it also just doesn't feel right. I feel like it's just not like this unfinished balanced hanging Mm -hmm. in out there. Like somebody needs to put something there. Maybe you can. I know. It feels like unfinished business for everybody. Him and you. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is I think that she's had, like, I think it's like ready. Oh, it just, because it was on there. What, what we had done was a bench. So that you could go and sit yeah. and it was like, you know, it, you've seen those, mm-hmm. the gravestones that are like a bench and there's an ex- inscription and so forth, but it's just never been installed. Hmm. hmm. 19 years. Might be a conversation. A little, little creepy. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe that's why he's like, um, hello, Sarah. May- maybe he's not going to do something the technology about until you handle that situation. And you know what? It's so weird because he's such, he was such a prominent figure in the city. Like he was such a well-known person just like in that whole town. Yeah. And so it's like weird that he's in this completely unmarked grave in that town. That is weird. Yeah. I mean, you know, grief affects people in very Very, bizarre, strange, different different ways. ways. So, I mean, I still think that you might want to give her a little shove shove. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. We're you gonna give track, us some um, Bethany? Yeah, let's go to Bethany, West Virginia, people. Because if Ohio isn't creepy enough, let's go to West Virginia. <laughs> I love West Virginia. I grew up there. I've li- I lived there from the time I was eight until I graduated college at twenty-one. So I spent a good chunk of my life there. I love it. I'm very uh, loyal to that place in that area. And Bethany, um, to give you just a little insight into Bethany, West Virginia, when I lived there, now I haven't been back in a very long time. I did go back for my 10 year, which has almost been 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a long time since I've yeah. been there again. Um, there still was no stoplight. Like there's one stop sign. That's oh, it. Like my, it is a this very, is very small, small place. Um, nearly everyone who lives there is associated with the college in some way. Mm-hmm. No, like not a lot of people just live in Bethany, West Virginia. Um, it's gorgeous. It's all very old homes. Um, everything is Gothic architecture. So it's just this very creepy looking town though. Um, and I loved it for that. Um, so one of the most haunted places in Bethany, West Virginia is God's acre cemetery. Hmm. Um, now every year, uh, one of our professors, um, in the English department, his name was uh, Dr. Larry Grimes would sit on the lawn of Moreland hall and tell us all of the ghost stories of Bethany. Oh, um, wow. so this Friday, actually, if you're in the area, uh, his place is being taken by a, a new professor, uh-huh. um, at the school. He will be taking the place of Dr. Grimes and telling those ghost stories on the lawn of Moreland hall. So, uh, if you are in that area, go for it. That's it's only about an hour from fun. Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh. If I didn't have plans already, I would so be there. Um, but we're going to go watch Mike play the drums, go play the drums in his <laughs> band. Cause he is shit. So God's acre cemetery in Bethany, West Virginia. This was covered by KDKA because of how creepy and scary it is. So this story that I'm going to give you is their version from CBS. 
Um, so this is a quote from Dr. Grimes. Whew, no, it is not for the faint-hearted. Uh, he is a retired Bethany College English professor at this time. So it is a nearly 200-year-old graveyard and was first hallowed by Alexander Campbell, who founded the nearby Bethany College. Ghost hunters say there's ectoplasm all over this place, says Dr. Grimes. A grand mausoleum promises that beyond this door is rest. Or maybe not. A wonderful ghost story that goes with that about students is that there is a bullet hole in the front door of the graveyard. It's a scary place up there. So the bullet hole is, there's a, a um, story that goes along with this. I don't know how true it is, is that there have been students who have wanted to see what happens. So they go to spend the night in the graveyard and one student fell asleep and dreamt that he was being chased out by ghosts and shot at. And when he awoke, there was a bullet hole in the gate, uh, the door mm. of the, the cemetery. So that's just one of the be a little the lore, lore. Yeah. <laughs> that goes along with the cemetery. That's a really good story. I would love to. It, I know, I know. <laughs> so um, Alexander Campbell is buried there along with his two wives, Margaret and Selena, and 13 of his children, as well as 260 other souls. So some folks theorize that the reason for so many reported ghostly sightings is because of the unbroken hand stone, hand hewn stone wall that is completely surrounded in the cemetery. So there's not even a gate. So you have to climb over the wall to get into the cemetery. So it's a completely unbroken wall. So the, the story goes is that these souls are trapped in there Hmm. and there's no way for them to escape. And that is why there's so much haunting activity. So it was erected in 1866. The wall is two and a half feet thick and it's four feet high. And it oddly extends three feet below the ground as well. That's very odd. That is strange. Yes. We have to carry coffins over the wall. No. So when you get, when you are buried in there, the the coffins are carried over the wall and the pallbearers get a nice little workout. You can get in, but not out. (laughs) <laughs> wait, 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 wait. People are still buried there? Mm-hmm. How would the people coming to the funeral get in? You have to climb over the wall. Somebody should just bust down the wall and put a gate up. I, yeah, I don't know that anybody wants to really mess with that. Okay, okay. I don't know, man. That's, that is, that is, <laughs> the three, is so, bizarre. so bizarre. There has been screaming, whining, whimpering sounds that have been heard inside the walls. Um... You know, there's always a mix of holy and horrible. Um, uh, Dr. Grimes says, I think when we come to the world of the dead, we shouldn't be surprised if on occasion that there's something horrible we encounter, he said. Um, so that is the story of God's Acre Cemetery in Bethany. I'm still very confused by these rocks, but okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why when they constructed the building, that was the way they decided or, to like, do it. Why it's still that way in 2021. Yeah, I don't know. I would love it if it was just a mistake where they... (laughs) (laughs) They're like, wait a second. Wait a minute. We're already at the end. (laughs) Guys, did you have the door? I thought you were doing the door over there. (laughs) No, you were supposed to be doing it over there. But three feet below the ground is something that just... I need to know. I want to know why. I have to know why. I want to know why, too. We're going to have to dig into that so we can find it. Um, 
Another short story is that there was a student um, from Bethany who had um, come from Japan to go to the school and in 1981 um, died by suicide from jumping from the clock tower because of poor academic achievement and did not want to return to Japan with the poor grades. So you can see the student standing on the clock tower at the time and day of their death in 1981. Um, I believe it was in March. So I'll have to find the date. So maybe we can go up there. Go up there in March and see if we can. I wonder see. how much of that is like legend, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. as you said, that it sprung on a story from uh, a, another story about OU, someone also dying by falling, mm. whether that or whatever, but they were listening to this Bob Marley song and apparently in that dorm, in that area, in that hallway, you can't play the song. Mm. Like it won't play. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I'm pretty skeptical. Oh, I'm not skeptical at all. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's true, 100%. I feel like we need to go test these things out. I agree. A big road trip, right? I agree. Yeah. Van life. Van life. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have more? I do. So I have my own experiences. I was going to say, because like, I was just going to say, let's go into what we do know for sure. Yes. Because so here's what we Sarah know. Sarah and I both know for sure these things. Yes. So here's what we know for sure, because this did happen to me. And the best part about this is, is that my roommate and I were together. So, you know, I know when somebody no, no. else is there. You're not making it up in your head. Exactly. Exactly. So I just, I had to write it out because that's the easiest way for me to tell, retell the story. So my roommate and I were in our respective beds one evening studying while Michael Jackson's history music video played on the VHS in the background. Her bed was against the far wall where the outside windows were, and my bed was against the wall by the door, which was the entrance to our room. In between us, against the wall that our beds both faced, was a desk that took most of the length of the wall. And there were two chairs there, one for each of us to use, and both were pushed in neatly where they belonged. At a quiet moment between songs, my chair shot back from the desk about two feet. My roommate and I sprung up in our beds upright and stared at each other silently. After what felt like forever, we nodded slowly to one another as sort of a, yep, I saw that too. And the chair sat two feet. The chair sat in the middle of the room like that all night as (gasps) neither of us wanted to touch it. I can't believe it's in there. Me neither. (laughs) At some point, it had been pushed back in, but I can't say for sure who did it and when. Um, Another morning. Wait, did you two ever talk about it outside of that time frame? I mean, yeah, because at one point, like after a little while, we kind of like busted out laughing too and like into the giggles because it's like you get that like nervous I know, but I mean like I could see you like at breakfast one day being like, hey, how about that time that chair shot out? I mean, we did. We did tell like our friends. We were like... So, yeah. um, yeah. have you ever experienced, so we were actually in the, what was supposed to be the non-haunted, right, dorm, um, but I can assure you that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> because that was, it was like a newer building that had been built in the 70s where the rest of the buildings were like the late 1800s, <gasps> early 1900s that the, the school had been built. Mm-hmm. Um, so Phillips Hall, which was like the really haunted dorm hall. Um, that was like right by us. That was the women's dorm. Um, we were also in a women's dorm, but ours was Harlan Hall, and that was the one that was like not supposed to be mm-hmm. haunted. But you we can tell too you. If they travel in between. Yeah, places. such That's a good a big point. question I have about such that, a good about point. spirits. Like, can they travel from place to place? Because I one of the spirits, 
I do, you do. too. Yeah, from what one of the sound in our investigations, I do believe that they can travel. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe it. Um, one of the deaths that happened from Phillips Hall happened outside of it. So it was a, it was when it was a men's dorm. And so there was a man either sneaking back into or out of his dorm room back when it was regulated when you could come and go from your dorm rooms. Oh, I know. I'm just saying he died that way. And he was climbing up the, um, oh my gosh, the sewage drain mm-hmm. and fell off and died. And so I'm wondering if that spirit can go back and forth yeah. between the halls because the halls are so close to one another. Sure. They're like yeah. right, you know, near one another. Um, so it could be him. I don't know. And but another morning, the land, who knows what was on the land in both of those dorms locations. Very true. That very, very true. Through both of the dorms. Yes. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of activity there. <laughs> um, so another morning, I'd come back to that same dorm room uh, to take a nap after my first class of the day because, as we all know, I'm not really a morning person. I laid down and fell quickly to sleep. I had set my alarm to wake me for lunch and the rest of the day's classes, but the alarm became unnecessary. In my ear, a young woman's voice whispered, Sarah Elizabeth Anderson. What? With such an urgency that it sent me straight upright in my bed immediately. What I was like breathing. I was like, my full name, Sarah Elizabeth Anderson. Oh. <laughs> Which freaked me the hell out because I was like, how does, yes, nope. my full Not just a first name. name. No, my full freaking, like it was one word though. It was like, Sarah Elizabeth Anderson. No! I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you know, sitting up in bed and I looked around and it was an empty dorm room. I was alone. The door was so closed and I could still feel like hot air in my ear from the whisperer's breath. I grabbed my book bag and got the hell out of there and sat outside until lunchtime. <laughs> uh, but those were my two experiences in Bethany specifically. How you get all warm. And yeah. Kind of start to panic inside. Yep. Your body can't move. Like you can't yeah. react at that moment. Exactly. Oh my God. Because I was just sitting, I was like, well, I was dead asleep and I went from dead asleep oh. to sitting straight up in my bed. And I was just like, <sighs> and I couldn't move. I just sat in bed for a, a few minutes before I could finally get myself up, grab my book bag and get so the fuck freaky. out of there and go. <laughs> Yeah. Outside. Yeah. And it was like fall, so it was like cold. So I was like, oh, you know, you get out into yeah. the air and you feel like you can breathe a little bit. And and I just stayed out there for a little while. I do while. feel too that you're most vulnerable while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So for things to come through, or for you to dream about something, or for them to speak to you in that vulnerable moment, it sounds like that might have been what happened. So you know how you were talking about you hit like a patch of cold air that was thick? Yes. Okay. I I dream that a lot. Oh, really? In my dreams, I will be, I will walk through these thick patches of cold air. I don't even, that's weird. (laughs) That is strange. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ghosts Mm -hmm. in your dream? 
I don't know. I mean, I my dad comes to me in my dreams. Yeah. My brother comes to me in my dreams. It's. I think that I, I really do believe that my family has some level of sensitivity, and I sure. wonder if my brain is trying to access it while I'm dreaming. While yeah, I'm sleeping. I, I do feel that they come through because they're able to easier mm-hmm. since your mind is a little bit more open during that. Time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, wow. like a, a leveling of the planes of their world and our world. Yeah. Like you can meet, like they can come down, we can come up. Yes. That even energy more. can kind of come to an even playing ground yeah. and we can meet. I think so. Yeah. I agree. I also had some experiences. I don't know if we're, if that's okay if I dive into those real fast. Just some other. Current ones? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, so I, I do, I don't even know if we got a chance to talk about some of these, but yeah. when we were in New Orleans, I feel like we did just like briefly. Yeah. But there were a couple of moments in New Orleans. So first of all, when we got to New Orleans, my body hadn't felt that calm. Yeah. In a long time. I would a hundred percent agree. Cause I was, we were both coming actually in mm-hmm. a very high anxiety, mm-hmm. um, sick, like mm-hmm. not well, very depressed, like extremely like suicidal, like yeah. spot. That's right. how we went to New Orleans. And when we got there. And then there, we got there. And it was like. Immediately, it was like lifted off of us. Yeah. It was this light. It was so calm, light. It was so weird. Peaceful is and you the just best like way to describe nothing it. nothing was wrong in the world. Right. So that in itself was one thing that I felt I feel. I know. And the thing that, that got me about that is I feel like people talk about how it's such an evil, dark, blah, blah, blah place. Mm. I'm like, I felt the fucking opposite. I, I felt too. like all the love. Yeah. From things living and dead. That's evil and dark. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, um, it, it definitely, it definitely could be. <laughs> um, because I'll tell you what, there is nothing about that city that felt dark to me. It was no. very light, living and dead. I did not feel worried about things. No, I didn't either. So, I mean, that in itself to me felt like a paranormal experience for both of us. I didn't really think in, of it that way, but now that makes sense. In the way that, yeah, that this were, there was just this like calm and peace that entered our, mm-hmm. our souls while we were there. I felt it when we got in the car, that mm-hmm. Uber ride. Yep. It was like almost upon just yeah. arrival into the French quarter kind of yep. was sort of like the, yep. the, the point. So we it's stayed out of, the, out of the ordinary. It is paranormal. The fact that that happens so quickly. Yes. And for both of us. Right. Yes. To have such a shift in, um, mm-hmm. Our, our mood. Right. And, and more than just the mood, it's like hard to explain. It was, it was like, like a, in our being. It was a lightness that I hadn't felt in a very long time. So we both had tarot card readings while we were there. And I do, I, I was talking to the woman who was administering the readings for myself. And, um, I said, I just feel different here. And, uh, I said, I, I, kind of want to move here because of the way that I feel when I'm here. And she said, that wouldn't be a good idea for you. And I said, why? And she said, because after a time, the souls are going to start to weigh on you very heavily. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And she also was one that kind of 
had said, like, you have a sensitivity that mm-hmm. you're not tapping into. And if you stay here, it's going to become a, a heavy burden. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a light, a lightness anymore. And so I thought that was really interesting. Very interesting. I thought it was just a, so we're just going to travel there once yeah. a year. So we're just going to go visit. <laughs> feel our lightness and scoop on out. <laughs> and then go, yeah, and then be like, I okay, we'll see you next year. apply to every location in the country that has that really deep history. Yeah. Yeah. With a lot of soul there. I guess I went in expecting to feel scared, uh, heavy. Uh huh. Um, very fearful, like there was evil, that there was like darkness. I uh, that's it, darkness. Mm-hmm. And the lightness blew me away. Mm-hmm. Even on the ghost tour, I was like, this place is just so fucking beautiful. I felt yeah. like I was on drugs. Yes, yes. And we yeah. experience that all the time on investigations. Is just the history alone kind of gives you a high for mm. almost admiration for some of these places. And you get so, to stand there and soak that in. So you're saying that that sometimes or often when you go, it's a lightness and not just that like scariness that you just told us about with the other story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that comes later. We do we do the tours during the day when it's light out, so you appreciate it more. And okay. The creepy part comes later, but okay, yeah, it, is, it definitely is a likeness to places and an admiration of I think that has to do with the historical part of it oh yeah because you admire the history and everything those locations have been through yes yes exactly I also wonder I'm like I wonder if it's like this lulling you into a salt as like a false sense of safety oh god Sarah don't ruin it I'm sorry thinking that in my head thinking like, I would have said like yes to anyone. Like, if, if someone would have been like, here, get in my car and go here, I'd uh-huh. be like, cool. Yeah. Like, it's I felt like, so safe like with so everyone. So did I. Luring you with candy. Mm-hmm. That's what exactly. it felt like. Like, come on. Like, get in my white van. Yeah, I mean, and like, they would just be like, here's some puppies. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Seriously. That's how I felt. I felt like a, a child. Mm-hmm. So. so ah, don't. Sarah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, as you guys go back, if that slowly starts to fade each time. Ooh, that's a, that's something we'll have to, you know what though? We're going to have to test it out though. So we're going to have to go back. on my parade. I know, I know. Sorry. (laughs) So there was another instance, actually not an instance. It was every time, every time I would walk in my hallway by my room, there was a piece of artwork hanging on the hall and whenever, like hang on the wall in that hallway. And whenever I would stand within that piece of artwork, within its beginning to end because it was like a longer probably about like three or four feet long um I couldn't hear anything and so I would like yes I would like walk past it and I could hear and I'd step back into like where like being next to it you told me more when I I were there so I could have tried it out well I told Randy and he's like yeah uh huh (laughs) (laughs) I'm like for real though, Randy, or are you just like appeasing me? I should have told you. But then, you know, we were like out and in and out. It just wasn't something I, I would have told you if I would have like remembered to think about it. Oh yeah. When you were up there with me. So it was like, it was just a very bizarre thing. It was just a did small it, thing, it, but it was like the pressure in your ears. Like, did it almost change the pressure? No, it was almost like, 
I don't even know how. So you know how you hear people describe things as like a deafening silence. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like, because it was like this. It, it was almost like somebody had like put like pillows over my ears. Gosh, ugh. Almost never experienced that. Like so quiet, so quiet. There's no way for me to like really explain it. I want to go stay there again just so I can try it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and of course, the French Quarter is an extremely haunted area. Here's the thing: when we were riding through and walking through, I just felt like there was like a whole other dimension there with us. Yes. Agreed. And I just could feel them all, but I wasn't scared. And no. you hear me on this podcast right now. I'm more scared than I'm not. <laughs> there was something unscary about all of these spirits. Yeah. I agree. And I just was like, cool. We're just all hanging out here. And there, okay. So there were also portraits, paintings oh, of Marie Laveau in every, and her eyes follow you every place <laughs> in, in the French quarter. That's terrifying. And her they eyes do. Follow, they do. They do. Every picture, her eyes follow you. Her eyes follow you. It's, it's. And there was one in everyone's bedroom. Everyone's room. Every above hallway. The every, like, above the beds, <laughs> above the couches. Like, blanket over that. <laughs> yes. I was like, that, that bitch is watching me no matter what. I'm no doing. matter what. She's watching. She is everywhere. And she's like, you know, sacred. She is. Down and then, there. But then when I learned about her, I mean, she's a very positive. Mm-hmm. She's not like that she was this bad person. No. Or, I mean, she did use her talents to... But I have to give her props. Exactly. I do, too. I, I I have nothing negative to say. So, Rochelle, I don't know. Do you know her story very much? I do know a little bit. And I, I listened to your episode when you guys were talking about your trip there. So Yes. Uh, and how I she was... A little bit now. Yeah. How she did people's hair and got the gossip and then was mm-hmm. able to turn it around into voodoo. It was great. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my smart. kind of girl. I know. It's I would smart. have been your friend. It's, it's smart. And I mean, that's how she, she smart. Yep. fought her way out of slavery by doing that. Yeah. Right. I'm like, how could you say anything negative about this woman whatsoever? Yeah. She did what she had to do. Yeah. Ugh. So I, I wanted to tell one more story and it's just a personal one. It has nothing to do with any of our, um, gallivants around the country. <laughs> um, we will have many more. Yes. So, I, I mean, if you are an avid listener, if you've listened to us before, you know that um, I have lost my, I lost my brother to a car accident. Um, when I, I was almost 10 years old, he was 20, he had just turned 21, five days after his 21st birthday. I also lost my father to colon cancer. I was 21 years old um, and he was 58 years old. So, um, and if you're new, he was in radio, and that's mm-hmm. why we joke because, and the medium even said it's him. But every time we do anything on ghosts, we can't get our technology to work or t- something. And it happens. doesn't make sense logically, right? All right, so just to catch you up, yeah. if you are not caught up, <laughs> now you are. <laughs> yeah. So to to give you a little, so my my brother and I were 11 years apart, um, and so we weren't ex- like exceptionally close. Because he was so much older than I was. I was a child. He was just going into his like, you know, young adult years. And, yeah. um, so th- there was a huge age difference. Um, obviously he was my brother. So, and we lived in the same house. So we were as close as siblings could be in that sense of the word, but we weren't, you know, we didn't have like this relationship that was like this huge bond or anything like that. And so there was a lot of, um, 
there was a lot of teasing and he, you know, gave me a really hard time because, because of the age difference. Yeah. Because he had to watch brother. you and he had to drive you. Exactly. And to do this. Yeah. He had to watch me. He had to drive me. He had mm-hmm. to, to pick me up from school. And you were kind of an oopsie and he thought he was the baby. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I was a huge whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my mom was 40 when she had me. That's like me having a child now. Dear God, no. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So... I, t- I tell you this so that you know how unusual this circumstance is. And and this is, I'm going to kind of back up a little bit to let you know that they're like where the sensitivity kind of comes from in my family. So my mom had said to me um, that she always knew she was going to lose a child. And she just didn't know that it was going to be my brother. She thought it was going to be my middle sister uh, because my middle sister was just a sick a lot she you know was not a healthy person she was born 10 months after my oldest sister so you know that's not a lot of time for a woman to yeah heal and, and build up their vitamin supply and everything before they have another baby so she was just kind of like this sickly child and and very small and tiny and so my mom always thought i'm that she she was like i knew i was going to lose a child i just thought it was going to be your your sister so that in itself was a little bit um a little crazy there. That's so weight to carry around too. Very heavy weight. Very heavy weight. And I feel, you know, being a mother now and having two children, like the fear of losing a child is is can be all consuming. And then the knowing. But then knowing and saying like I know I'm going to and and but having she had four kids. It's yeah. like okay, well, it's like playing whack-a-mole like trying to keep yeah. them all safe yeah. and make sure that nothing happens to any of them. And then, you know, they all grow up and then she's got one small child, myself, mm-hmm. and it ends up being one of her adult children that dies. Um, and so he, um, that, that was just, I think that was very hard on, on her, obviously. But, um, so the day, and I, I'm not positive whether it was the day of his accident or the day before his accident, um, he was sitting on the back deck of our, our house and he was, he yelled for me. And I was annoyed because he was always like making me get stuff for him, you know. And so I was like, what do you want? <laughs> and he was like, come here. And I'm like, well, what do you want? Do you want me? like, cause he would always be like, go get me a Coke or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, go fill my water or something like that. And so I was just like, what do you want? He's like, come here. And I'm like, okay. So he pulls me onto his lap and he like squeezes me really tight and he kisses me on the forehead. And he said, I just want you to know I love you. And I was like, uh, okay. You're like, okay, weird. <laughs> weird. You know, I'm 10 years old. Never and really I'm like, said this to me before. Right. You don't talk to me like this. Like, yes. I'm like, this is, this is weird. And then he was killed in a car accident that night. And I just, it's like, I, I feel like either there's this universal thing where every person before they pass has some sort of premonition or that there are certain people who just have stronger ones or, you know, take more action or say more things before, because, you know, it's not the first time I've heard of somebody saying or doing something prior to them. Yeah. Losing their life in an unexpected way. It's almost like, um, your body is knowing it without actually knowing it. And it's almost like you're preparing 
Yeah. It was almost probably, I would assume subconsciously yeah. that he said that. Like he, he didn't know why he was saying that mm-hmm. to you, but it just came out. You know how words come out and you're like, I have no idea where that came from. Right, right. Like just this like rush of affection mm-hmm. that we just didn't show sure. to one another. Um, so that was just, that was wild. And, um, you know, I, I talked to, because I was so much younger than him, I didn't know what was going on with him in his life. And when I, I talked to a medium, just just six months ago or so and he's been gone since 1991 so i mean that's a long time um and and i and my dad has been gone since 2002 so i hadn't i have not spoken to a medium until this time at this point so it's been you know many many years since my brother's passed many years since my father's passed and the medium told me um he was struggling mentally a lot before he died and that was really surprising to me as a child. I had no idea, obviously. And then when I talked to my sister, who was much closer in age to him than I was, um, she she said to me before I even told her what the medium said, mm-hmm. she's like, well, you know, Sarah, she he was having a really hard time mm-hmm. in his mental health before he died. And I was like, holy shit. Like, and yeah. I have it recorded. It's not like I can just say, oh, she just said this. Yeah. Like I was a zoom recording that I had with this woman. So it's, you know, just these things, it, it was just kind of, kind of wild to hear all that. But I had an experience with, um, with my brother when I was 10, um, after he had passed. So I was taking a shower. We had this unrenovated, very 1970s house um, at the time. It's been renovated since. But the bathroom that my brother and I shared was right outside of his bedroom door. And my bedroom door was kind of like in the middle um, and at the top of our steps. And there's something, I know that there's something about doorways being at steps. And Mm. so like the bathroom door is at the top of the steps of the house Mm -hmm. and the front door is immediately at the bottom of the steps of the house. Okay. And Rochelle, I don't know if you can like speak to that at all, but I feel like I've heard and read that that's like not a good design (laughs) thing when it comes to the spirit world. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do think it affects like the layout of houses or properties. I do think it affects them their energy and like their soul being able to leave or come Come and go to visit. I do think it plays a part in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's any accident that that is where this happened. So I was in that bathroom in the shower and it was a shower door, but it was like this pliable, like thick plastic, um, that was like convexed out. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what you have like in an RV almost too. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Or trailer. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So yeah. that was the shower door that was on there. So there, you know, it's convexed out and I'm, so I'm in there. I'm taking a shower. Um, he had died several months prior. Um, and <laughs> I was lathering myself in my jean de that he had gotten me Aww. From, <laughs> for Christmas the year before. Like, do you remember Jean Nate? Yes, yeah, the body wash. Um, and so the smell, you know, was like very reminiscent. And the hard plastic structured shower door like snapped from its position and it went from convex to the other side to a concave position up against my arm. And right there was the shadowed outline of a hand much larger than my own. So I whipped open the shower slide. Uh, we're outside the bathroom door, which was open walked my brother 
and he was dressed in the brightly colored plaid shirt and distressed acid wash jeans that we buried him in. I like blinked and like closed my eyes real tight and when I opened them, he was gone. So that is the only time that I have seen a deceased person that looked like an actual person. Like he could have been like, he was there like in the flesh, like Mm -hmm. he looked fleshed out. That's the only time I've ever seen anything like that. When you did see him, I think I've asked you this before, but he walked, he was walking away from you, right? He was walking away from me. He didn't turn around and give you like not. Yeah. No. So I hit the bathroom door or the shower door and, and then walked away from me and out the bathroom door and like passed kept walking on sorry Rochelle what were you saying uh, so he made no eye contact with you at no. all no no you told us that story when I was on the first yeah and I yeah I not been able to get that out of my head really <laughs> that's a wild one it, it is. is it's just I mean I've seen tons of things since then I've seen shadow type of things and I've seen shadow types of things that seem more solid than not but I've never seen like a human human where you could mistake it for Mm -hmm. a person who's living yeah to my knowledge to be honest though because if it's somebody I didn't know (laughs) then I guess I could have seen someone like that and not known that they were not supposed to be there I guess you know what I mean yeah their whole lives never ever seeing a full-bodied apparition oh they can go their whole lives never seeing that and so for you to be able to see that i do feel like it takes a decent level of sensitivity you were only 10 to be able to Mm -hmm. present himself to you that way and i just want it to happen again too yeah for, yeah. For him to be able to have the energy to be able to push that shower door and mm-hmm. to be able to have himself show up like that, it does take yeah. a lot of energy on their end. That's kind of how um, our medium describes it is that they she has to raise her energy and they have to lower theirs in order mm-hmm. to communicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that correct? I think so. I think it's whether it's communicating or seeing each other or um, any type of communication at all, you do have to meet, like we said, on that middle ground. Yeah. Our worlds are so different. Their world yeah. is so different than our world because our human bodies limit us that you do have to meet in the middle. And I think some people that are more sensitive there, it's easier for them to do that, mm. to meet in the middle. I was going to tell one more yeah, quick please. thing and then have maybe Rochelle do a quick one. I don't know if we can two-part this since it's live. We can? Okay. Okay. So. Sounds good. Yeah. So then we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, and I may have already told this, but a lot of people don't go back and listen sometimes, so. You know, you can always go back into our archives. <laughs> but this is this is the story that I have to say is like the most 
I don't even know. I can't ever question it. I can't say there's no possible way. I can't ever even say anything about the fact that it couldn't no. have happened. Like it 110% happens. Mm-hmm. I had a reading with the medium. Now I've had three. So I don't remember if it was the first or the second. It definitely wasn't the third. And it was your first reading. It was my first mm-hmm. reading. And mind you, every single reading that I've had with her, um, my husband has been in a different um, state of acceptance. Acceptance, yes. I should have ended with the first one, mm. is what I want to say. But uh, I did not because it, it, be- it can become a little bit. I don't want to say addicting, but it you it know. Is. I mean, if you if you can talk to your deceased husband then right. you do it no matter how much it costs you need those answers too it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's like someone at a casino like i'll just keep all go yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'll keep going so this was my first reading and um i it was it blew me away because i wasn't even sure if i really again you know skeptical amy believed it and it was beautiful and it was amazing and it was sad and it was tragic um and all of these things. I was sitting on my back deck after it was over trying to digest it and understand it and try to figure it out. I was sitting in this gray chair and, um, the, I had a nanny at the time. It was beautiful, but she had put the kids (laughs) to bed. So I was just, I just went outside and my boyfriend Mike came home and, um, and he asked me how it was going and how how the reading was. Are you sure it wasn't the second? I feel like it could have been. It could have been. But I'm I... not sure. It doesn't really matter um, which one it was. But we're out on the deck um, talking about the reading. And I'm sharing some things about what she said or what really Scott said. And, a, um, <laughs> and the lantern lights up. And now the lantern doesn't work. It's like the batteries are like corroded and so it doesn't work at all. So I was like, Mike goes, Oh, and he like pointed to it. And I was like, what? And so I was like, (laughs) no. And so I was like, that's crazy. And I was like, somehow like the corrodedness just made it work. So I turned it off, made sure it was off, turned it back on, didn't come on, turned it off again, turned it back on, still wouldn't come on. So I turned it off and I was like, look, it's off. And I made him look and we put it down and we're talking some more. And, um, I think we're actually talking like to him. We're like, okay, fine. If you're here, turn it back on and, you know, just show us that that was actually you. And it flickers and flickers and on it goes. Okay. So now two times it's happened and I'm like, when would be the last time that that ever turned on that lantern? Like, like <laughs> months and months. I don't know. It wasn't working. It definitely wasn't working because when I went to turn it on and off, like, okay, so once he turned it on and I turned it off and tried again to turn it on, it would not turn on just by the switch. Wow. So the only way it turned on is by him. And then, um, uh, and then Mike, of course, starts asking questions like, if you feel this, then do this. <laughs> <laughs> As if it's like a Ouija board. Um, I mean, is, Rochelle, is that a is that a legitimate way you can you can communicate? Yeah, and I do think, and what a lot of paranormal investigators experience is, even though it's corroded, they have the use of manipulating 
the electricity from within. So yes, almost like being able to connect the pieces that would make yes. it light up. Even though, and there, I felt that because I had just anymore. Yes, so I do think that they have the energy and ability to be able to manipulate almost like the device that the bulb is touching to light it yes. up. And I know from my medium's perspective, that's exhausting for them. Like that takes a lot of work. It is. It takes so much of their energy that they almost have to get that energy from another electrical source or some other way for them to get enough energy to be able to do that. So that's oftentimes when stuff like that does happen. Electricity tends to be an easy, easier thing for them yes. to manipulate. But it doesn't happen for long. Because no. It fizzles out very quickly. Yes. So it level. flicks on and then it flicks off. So then um, I uh, can't, I don't know. Amy doesn't believe things. So I said for a third time, I was like, Scott, if it's really you, just do it one more time because I am so like, whatever. It was just my whole, I was just completely blown away by everything at that evening from what I heard. And, um, and he right. did. And he did it. The more it, time he did it, it happens, the less it's going to be a coincidence. Yes. yes. Yeah. So it was three times. Mike was there. He saw it. I showed him it wasn't on and off because it's, you know, people will say, well, it did this, it did that. No, like I have a feeling that that's exactly what it was. And, um, you know, I mean, there's been other things, but that's the only thing I've experienced. Um, Lily just told me recently that she sees him leaving Avery's room, which is interesting because I didn't tell her this, that the media yeah. told me that yeah. he told the medium that like he, goes that he and... accidentally, like he fucks up some, he's like, basically I fuck up and I let them see me and I don't mean to, cause I scare them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's like, I see him leaving Avery's room all the time. I, I did like, not oh. know that. I have goosebumps. Yeah. Wow. And he's like, he, so he tries, he's like, he told the medium, he's like, I try not to scare them. I don't want to scare them, but like, I'm there all the time. And so you were like, She's like, that shows me that they do have control and the ability to be able to go from their eternal resting place, whether that's heaven or wherever, and mm -hmm. to visit us and communicate with us and go back. And maybe that is the part that blows my mind. Like, I have a real hard time with that, and I've had a real hard time as of recently. Mm. Um, because. I believe that whatever you want to believe about your eternal resting place, that it's a place of peace. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the last few times, well, the last time specifically, like he is not, he's, he's very, he is not peaceful. He's very angry. He's pissed off at me and, um, he wants to be with me and he's really mad at himself for, for doing that. And he, um, is not thrilled with my boyfriend who does nothing but love me and my kids and like do everything that he would have done. So there's really no reason for it except for the fact he's like angry at himself for having had to end his life that way. Mm-hmm. And so soon. So it's really hard. It's I think like he's going through the grief process. It is. He That's is. A, yes. He is grieving. He's grieving his loss for you. Yeah. Because the first time it was, I love you and I'm sorry yes. and I'm sorry and I love you and I'm sorry and I'm sorry. And the second time he made a joke out of it. He's like, all right, whatever, man. Like you can hang out with him, but yep. like it's, he's yeah. hel- that's hilarious. And then the third time after was- we were serious, Mike and I were serious. He was like, what's the actual fuck? Right. Are you doing? Mm-hmm. 
And, um, and it was just that same jealousy that he had, like, in the living world, mm-hmm. right? So, anyways, um, I think that, but my daughter seems to pick it up really easy. She just is like, yeah, of course he feels that way. She's like, I know how he feels. She said, you know, he just is, um, angry that this is the way it went down. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. so, anyways, it's, it's hard for me because I just expect when people pass on that it's, that it's peaceful. I mean, I think everybody wants to feel like that because I think that it's like a, okay, if things end, then things can be peaceful. But I think we need to know that like, we got to resolve our shit here. That's exactly it too. Yeah. You wonder how much of your unfinished business affects your ability to really go to that place or and rest to feel that. Yeah. And rest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. He knew all about my book, which was kind of cool. And he told me what not to write about. Did you say I'm writing about it anyways? No. (laughs) No, because I wasn't going to because he knew it was going to cause trouble. And so I did too. Like he, it was just super interesting because he knew details. Hmm. Yeah. And he's like, just, you know, he's like, it's good that you're not writing about blah, 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 blah. And, um, I don't know. He knew, he knew everything. It was very, it was wild. Well, the medium that we both use, mm-hmm. um, her name is Mary Kathleen. She's on Instagram as medium Mary Kathleen. She's amazing. Her gift is incredible. So you should definitely give her a follow. We will put her information in the show notes. Um, but she says often. And we get zero kickback from that. Just oh yeah. This you is know, just, this us. Is just for healing. Yes. Just purposes. for healing. Um, she says often on her Instagram how that, um, you don't need to speak out loud to them. Um, that you can think things and that they know and that they hear you, um, regardless of whether you're speaking out loud or whether you're just thinking. And so that's how he knows details. I mean, you're right. Well, that you was, are so connected yeah. to him in that process of writing these stories. You are so in tune with that right. relationship and that time of your life that it's almost impossible that he's not going to know exactly what you're thinking and what's going on. And she said to me, um, this is when Avery was difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. he has like come so far and thank He's like you, a Jesus. different child. He is the most beautiful being. I like love him so much, but like he was not that he, uh, he was, but like he was so hard. He was very, he was just difficult. So I would be like, ah, oh! I was like, and like in my brain, I would be like, Scott, tell me what the fuck to do. Like, I can't believe you left me with him. And then these like thoughts would come in my brain. Now I didn't tell her any of this. And she's yeah. like, so when you're frustrated with parenting, cause he's telling me that like, you're not gifted. <laughs> Like, it's just not, it's not your jam. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you get something in your brain that tells you what to do next. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that has happened. She's like, that's him just telling you like how to handle the situation. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't surprise me too, because think about communication. We need to verbally communicate by speaking, but in their world, the spirit world, you don't have to. So the only reason yeah. we would communicate is to talk to another living being. So in true. the spirit yeah. world and, and heaven or whatever is beyond where we are, um, there is no verbal communication. It's almost like thoughts are placed into people's heads because they don't have to speak. Yeah. 
It's so wild. And the way that they speak through the medium is super wild, too, because it's in, like, it depends on their personality. It's like charades. It is. It's like charades. And, of course, like. Showing pictures. And and pictures. And what what the medium understands. Um, right. and she, she even said to me, she's like, your husband makes it more difficult than it needs to be every single time. Hmm. She's like, why is he always talking in metaphors? Mm. Cause that's Scott. <laughs> that's how Scott communicated. So it's a wild thing to talk to your loved ones when they've crossed, you know, when they've passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be really healing. It can be very healing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's it, just an example. Um, th- she told me that, um, She's like, he's showing me black piano keys. And she's like, so this comes across a lot, a lot for me. And she's like, and typically what it means is that, um, he's trying to show me that you're the black sheep. Oh shit. And I was like, well, that's cause you are. Cause I am. (laughs) But just things like that, that kind of imagery. What's that? What a way to connect the two. It and, it, and it's always weird, weird things like that you would not expect. And you're like, I cannot believe we're wasting our time talking about a soccer ball or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the way she's like, they just have to tell me something that I already know. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because there were a couple of imagery things like that, but with the black piano keys, it's something that I've never um, really voiced out loud. But that's one of my favorite sounds is a minor key. Weird. Because I think it just sound it has this very um sad, yeah, melancholy sound to it that I've always connected with very deeply. Yeah. And so for him to show that to her as like a connection to me, yeah, was so wild because I've never vocalized that to anyone. It's like he knew your soul. Yeah. So just those types of things I just think are really cool. And yeah, I just wanted, I, I want to be able to lift that veil myself. And I, and that is another thing she says on her Instagram all the time. And it makes you realize like she is not in it for the money people. Mm-mm. She is telling you how to do it yourself, mm-hmm. that we all can do it. We all have the capability. This the is not something that like only she can do. Yeah. I think so too. I do think everybody can kind of tap into it and, and talking about the spirit box too. We've had family members come through the spirit box which is always a really like your your own yeah family members or people that were with their ancestors that have come through and wow actually um i don't know if you've ever heard of steve huff but he Mm -hmm. is i'll give a little shout out to him is he a ghost hunter or something he's famous for creating one version of the spirit box Okay, okay, okay. And so he always approaches everything with light and love and Mm. um, with God present. And he tries to communicate with people and he has guides that come through to him all the time that basically tell him how to design his boxes so they can come through better. That's so cool. Wow. That is so cool. He did a session. He has these sessions and he has a Patreon and and YouTube under Steve Huff. And he he recently had a session, three sessions with Gabby Petito, believe it or not. Whoa. What? Yeah. Have you listened? Have you heard? Do you know anything about those? I have to watch these. They blew my mind. 
and I'm, I'm hoping I'm not changing the subject too much, but... Uh, no, I'm, like, stunned right now. He got a lot of... He, he gets a lot of um, talk back from that. Like, some, some people don't like that. They think he's being disrespectful to their family. But he is one of... Him and his wife are the nicest people I've ever well, met. And he, he can't control always with love and light. Who talks to him, either. And that's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's so important. And, and I will say that, like, if you ever do have a medium or something of that nature, like, keywords to listen to are like in the beginning when they talk about love and light and they only mm-hmm. want like that, that sort of positive mm-hmm. energy and to respect, come through. Definitely. And respect. Right, yes. right. So he created this newer box that his guides helped him to design so they can come through and it, it uses Electro- electricity and crystals and things like that and so he kind of goes into a meditative state and Gabby came through after she was um, missing I think it was I'm not positive but I think it was after her body was found mm-hmm. and so during a couple of the sessions he couldn't release everything she was saying because he had to give it to the tip line right so um she he had asked and and he made this video two weeks before they figured out the cause of death and released it but when she came through it sounded exactly like her if you listen to that police video, she kind of has um, like how she articulates and her tone is very unique and it's yes. just like her. And he said, Steve said, Gabby, who killed you? And she came through and said, Brian, very clearly, Brian. Wow. And he said, how did you die, Gabby? And she came through crystal clear and said, couldn't breathe. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I have full chills. That it was strangulation. strangulation. Wow. And he also asked, is Brian still, or where is Brian? He said, where is Brian? And she came through and said, has died. And that was also what? a couple weeks before they even found his body. So she validated three times something that nobody even discovered yet. I swear wow. it's her, I swear. And then, believe it or not, he had one session after they found Brian's body that Brian came through. Oh, and I, I mean, I, I what, am, do you know what he said? Because yes. I need to. Here's yes, my question. I videos. Yes, yes. please do. Puffs YouTube. But, um, was he was his was his body found as one whole piece? Uh, I don't think so. Right. It was skeletal remains. His body. But was it? I said it was, but was it separated? I don't was know. his body the the reason I'm asking? I'm wondering like, if like was an this, animal ate it or somebody was cut it him a off. homicide? Exactly. Like was this homicide or was this like you know in the in the wild? And so there were you know animal interactions and so forth. I just am curious about that aspect of it. But 
yeah, Steve Huff will look him up and, and yeah. definitely. So when Brian came through, he said, um, Steve usually mentions the light and the dark. So um, when he was asking if he's in the dark, Brian came through and said, I cling to the fire. What? I cling to the fire. And Steve said, do you, basically along the lines of, do you feel remorse? Do you feel bad for what you did? Yeah. And he came through and said, what was I thinking? Oh. So, I, I, you, you got to watch those videos because... I mean, I have I have met Steve Huff in person, and I have witnessed his Wonder Box, and I've witnessed it in person, and I hands down 100% believe that he has the ability to speak to the dead. He's not a psychic. He just has the intellectual ability yeah. and um, sensitivity to be able to create a situation where they can come through and I 1000% believe him I just found him on Instagram <laughs> yeah. so I'm just kind of Nicest looking through ever. that's wild hmm. are there any other uh, things that you want to share before we go do you have um, another story yes I do I'll try to do this one pretty quick because, you know, I can go on and on. I have so many stories. <laughs> we love it, though. So do we. That's why we... I know. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> I have to bring this one up, though, because you were talking about the asylum. Yes. And this is also an asylum. Also in Ohio. <laughs> uh, of course it Wolf. is. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is Madison Seminary, and it's in Madison, Ohio. Okay. And it has so much history, the building alone. So one part of the building, the original building, was originally created to house widows, Civil War widows. So these women, their men would go off to war and would die, and they would have no husband, no job, no way to take care of themselves financially. So they would go stay in this housing development that they created for Civil War widows. And actually, one of the most famous Civil War widows, Elizabeth Stiles, have you ever heard of her? No. No. So she lived there and, and died there in that building, but she was a Union spy. And before she became a Union spy somebody her husband was a union soldier his name was jacob and these people came to their door and knocked on their door and she opened the door and it was a bunch of union soldiers standing out there and they said to get her husband and so her husband came out to the door and they he saw a bunch of union soldiers that he thought that he fought with and they said what are your politics and he said, I'm a what? soldier. And they shot him dead. <gasps> in front of Elizabeth. Shot him twice. Because Ooh. he was a Union soldier. And they were not. 
Union soldiers. They were just dressed up as Union soldiers. And so they shot him dead in front of her. And they put the gun on her, but said, she's too pretty to shoot. Don't shoot her. She's too pretty. Ugh. And so... Wow. She was petitioned by Abraham Lincoln to become a Union spy because of that situation that happened. She wanted that... um, That she wanted to be able to turn that situation into a good thing and to be able to fight for the Union as well. So she actually lived and died there in that building. And then they added another side to the building after um, on the one side it also became a seminary for boys to basically have further schooling to become doctors and um, things like that and then they added even more onto the building and on the very top floor of that building became a woman's insane asylum whoa and so basically everything that you talked about, Amy, is, is yeah. that situation. Like what they would go there for, the way that it was. Um, and when we were there, they had told us stories. Now, I, I can't confirm that these stories are true. I just try to have trust in these um, people that work there that say the right. stories. But... It wasn't a good situation because it was on the very top floor of the building. Uh, So you can imagine how hot it was in the summer. Oh, my gosh. And how, um, like, this, just the situations there. And, And they said people would walk outside the building and look up and just see these women staring out the window. And they did say on our tour... And I don't know if this is true or not, but I wouldn't be surprised that one of the nurses that worked there, she would sometimes have to take her daughter up there whenever she didn't have a babysitter for her. And so when, when she took her daughter up there, she told her daughter that she had to hide her eyes and lean into her mom's back. <sighs> to go up there until she got her in a room and to not look. And she had done that a couple times and the one time she got brave enough to peek and she saw all of these women lined up in a row like zombies <sighs> out waiting for their meds. And so I assume it was one of those situations where they just drugged them up to be zombies to be able to live in that type of an environment and wow really actually be crazy what was the year it was did you say civil war no that was that was after the civil war that was i'm not sure what the year is i'll have to let you know on that but the civil war part that was a separate part of the building from a longer gotcha the asylum part was a little bit more newer and but not so, much, because... Yeah, not a whole lot. <laughs> putting people in there for uh, menopause. Right. Anything. And so Anything. we investigated there, and 
they have one room in the asylum that they call sort of like a maybe like a surgical room or some type of a medical room and there was actually a table in there that had some type of stirrups and not not a good looking table some type of a medical table and so we put our recorder in that room and went all the way to the bottom floor to eat before we investigated so nobody was up there you couldn't hear anybody and listening to that back it sounded like screams a woman screaming in there. Oh. and there was nobody up there but a woman was screaming it almost sounded like uh-oh did we lose you oh no what happened i think we lost rochelle are we over our time no, we aren't. There isn't a time limit, but because we lost our other listener too. We lost Rochelle. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to wrap this up, but it's still spooky week. So we'll just have her back. We'll just have her back. And we are so thankful for you guys coming on to listen to us and so thankful for all of our listeners. And we have so much fun on these lives. And so I, I think we're going to be doing them a lot more. And uh, this will be up for everyone to listen yes, to. Yes, it'll be up for everybody to listen to. And um, <clears throat> so if you want to check that out, I'm going to think about splitting this up into two. Um, might just put it up there as one whole episode because it's Halloween and who doesn't want to listen to two hours, two hours worth of ghost stories. So um, yeah, with that being said, guys, uh, we are so thankful again for you coming on and um this was our spooky this was our halloween live edition and we will be talking to you again next week super exciting news oh my goodness we're going to be interviewing dateline nbc's josh mankowitz only a few days after our birthday after her one, one year, year birthday. birthday so stay tuned for that that will be coming out uh, the week of the 11th of November. Um, so you'll get to hear from him. So hit us up on Instagram. DM us. Give us some questions. If you want to ask Josh Mankiewicz. There it is. Anything. What do you want to know? What do you want to know about being a Dateline NBC investigative reporter? Um, and I'm sure he'll be ready to spill the beans. He has been so kind and so fun to talk to back yes, and forth. Has. Even in just nailing down a time with him. So... Uh, I think this interview is going to be a lot of fun. So if you have any questions, be sure to hop on there or email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at untherapists or on Instagram at unqualifiedtherapist. And we are always so grateful for new patrons. It yes. is how we keep the lights on, people. This is how we keep these podcasts going. So if you want to hit us up on patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapists. That's plural. Ink. <laughs> Our Patreons are getting a free um, card reading tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow night. So hey, hop on you there. You know what? If you want to get on and um, become a member, you can jump on there too. Yes. We'd love to hang out with you. You'll get to chat with us live. We will be on there as well. So uh, we look forward to it. And it's been so much fun, guys. And we will see you on the flip. Stay wild Happy and weird. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs>